Hey, this is Dan from Wrestle Roasts. Uh, me and the rest of the boys just want to send our condolences to the family of Bobby Eaton and the friends of Bobby Eaton by all counts. Uh, besides being one of the greatest workers of all time, he seemed like a fantastic dude. There's been nothing but an outpouring of, of love and, you know, what he's done for the boys, whether or not it was, you know, providing extra socks, you know, for him on the road to buying meals. He's one of the true good guys in wrestling. So rest in peace, Bobby. We love you. Kissing babies and hugging fat girls. You are a sniveling little suck-up sellout full of suffering succotash, son. It's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch! Too tight, too Billy, and you book a match with me. That's right, Killings. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? Wrestle roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts and the roast of Lex Luger. Man, we got a big show coming up. It's me, Handsome Dan. Saint Germain. How does that work for a nickname, Scott? Do you, do you believe in it? Do you buy it? Do your your wife doesn't even buy it. <laughs> Scotty Chaps is here. Mike Lawrence is here. Robert is out this week, but joining us, you know him from the roast of Dave Meltzer. If you're a Patreon, he killed there. Kurt Ryan, everybody. Kurt, thanks for coming on, buddy. Well, thanks for uh, having me back. Uh, you know. Uh, in case anyone missed the Dave Meltzer roast, let me just uh, sum it up. Autism. <laughs> that was basically it. That's um, the thing. We we only bring on Kurt for the handicap roast. Dave Meltzer, <laughs> like Luger. I didn't even think about that until I was like, oh, well, Luger's different. Yeah, and then I, I saw like, Luger now and I was like, I oh, just I guess. Think about it. I'm like, does Dan just like, I'm just his go-to for like disabled. <laughs> that, you know, Kurt, that's not true. Joining us next week uh, will be Kurt Ryan on the Roast of Draws. So uh, <laughs> check it out. Um, all right, well, let me just do some show business up front. We got uh, shows coming up next week. We got the Roast of the British Bulldog. Then we got the Roast of the Rock, the Roast of JBL, the Roast of Lawrence Taylor, the Bella Twins, AJ Styles, the Honky Top Man. Uh, this week's on the Sports Entertainment will be uh, Raw again. So uh, you'll be able to hear the uh, jar of pills going into my mouth. Um <laughs> August 9th, we're for Patreon. We're off this week, but then we're going to do Wrestling's Dumbest Criminals uh, next week. Then August 23rd, we're going to be doing the uh, first ever TNA pay-per-view, which you can get on YouTube. We're also probably going to be reviewing Rampage if CM Punk is on it. But So, you know, we will cover that Rampage. August 30th, the roast of Vince Russo and the reverse battle royal at TNA. September 6th, we're off. September 13th, we're doing all the bright sides we didn't get to. Bret Hart, Goldberg, The Hardy Boys, Million Dollar Man, Big Show, Shane McMahon, Baron Corbin, 
Uh, September 20th and 27th will be a WWE pay-per-view and WrestleMania 2. We're not sure which one is going which. October 4th, the roast to Alberto Del Rio. Uh, October 11th, Halloween Havoc. October 18th, Wrestling's Darkest Crimes. October 25th will probably be a WWE pay-per-view. And November 1st, the roast of Nick Gage. So... There's going to be a lot of fun fucking stuff coming up. The only thing more carved up than a Thanksgiving turkey. (laughs) (laughs) It was either him or Tatanka and, you know, Nick Cage. Let's let's make fun of the one we don't know will be alive in three months. (laughs) (laughs) Which could also be Tatanka. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, that's a real real call in the air situation. Um, also, they both could be Native American or not. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, next up, we've got uh, the bright side of Lex Luger. Um, I'll start out and say fantastic body. Probably the greatest wrestling body in history. He, When he flexed, it's what Hogan thought he looked like. Uh, he didn't need the business as much as the business needed him. He ended up making a ton of money at WCW. That whole thing about Eric Bischoff saying, like, he signed him for a nickel, it, it, it's not true. He ended up making a ton of money. I mean, he did. He initially signed him for a low rate, but he was quickly over a million, you know, uh, uh, later. You know, and, and, he, and he did great for his skill set. Uh, I like the narcissist gimmick. I Royal Rumble 94 is one of the things that got me into wrestling. You you look cool in the Wolfpack. That's a common thing you're going to hear is he looked cool. Uh, Great War Games match. uh, Luger versus Flair at Wrestle Wars was awesome. I just watched beforehand. Flair had a great promo beforehand. Rick made Luger look fantastic and Lex, you know, did his job. Um, He's he's running to some real hard times and he could be Dynamite Kid, but he's not. And uh, longest reigning United States champion in history on Twitter. He posts pictures of his dog and shit. Seems like a good dude. And finally, his accolades, Royal Rumble winner, Pro Wrestling Illustrated Wrestler of the Year, two-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion, two-time WCW TV Champion, five-time United States Champion, longest reigning, and three-time WCW Tag Team Champion. What do you feel about Mr. Lex Express, Mike Lawrence? Uh, you know, um, I was a bit of a fan in some ways just because it was the era. Like, that WrestleMania, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of WrestleFest age, but a game I played a lot of and had the home version of was the WrestleMania arcade game. To It was like the one with, like, the Mortal Kombat digitized wrestlers. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, when you, like, punch Yokozuna, like, like chickens come out and stuff. It was fucking great. And Bam, and, uh, Bam, Bam was in it. I mean, I, could, I'm, I won't bore you with all the wrestlers. But I remember when I first started getting WWE figures, that was, like, my holy grail was to get all of the uh, eight characters from that game. And Luger was one of the, the tougher ones to, to find. And he comes with, like, fucking, like, uh, a, a, a dumbbell and stuff. In the American outfit. I mean, I remember, you know, I went to New York in 94 and my uncle was like, where do you want to go? And I was like, I want to go to the Intrepid because that's where Lex Luger slammed <laughs> Yokozuna. I mean, that was a big fucking deal. They hyped the hell out of that shit. Like, you know, he seemed like an important dude. That song, I'll Be a Hero, is ironically fantastic. Um, you know, he's a fucking, just a guy that's was around for a long time in both companies you know one of the first one of the first signs of wcw's legitimacy right like 
What's yeah, I mean, his, his appearance in, in, in Minneapolis on the Nitro. Yeah, sure. that really wonderful white T-shirt. Yeah, really. <laughs> it looked very, you know, like, yeah, 1776-y. It looked like he was a Yeah, I father. mean, look, like, you know, we're going to make fun of the stuff that deserves to be made fun of, but he came up in a time when, like, every other wrestling story was, like, I was, you're either a bouncer or a former football player or a former football player who's now a bouncer, and some wrestler gets drunk after a show and sees you and goes, you're fucking huge. You won't be a wrestler. And, you know, look, there's a lot of guys that have that story that we didn't hear of. And there's a couple that we have. And Lex is probably one of the most successful of that. You know, like, holy shit, look at this guy. And, yeah, like you said, the body did speak for itself. Fucking amazing physique. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're on the road to get that body where it is, it's it's unbelievable. And um, to keep it, yeah. And to keep it, you know, he's he's what Hulk Hogan thought he looked like, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Scott, what do, what do you think about Mr. Lex Express, Lex Luger, the total package? Yeah, man, maybe maybe best bod in the biz. Well, let's, uh, let's think about this for a second. Who maybe worst face along with the bod. <laughs> Wait, My goodness. Scott, well, Scott, we're not at the roast part yet, but yeah. who would a you... A face who, that looks like Jericho with his shirt off. Scott, <laughs> Scott, who would you say gives... Who is in the best body conversation? Oh, gosh. I honestly don't know. That's really tough. Uh, who? I don't know, because you have to consider size, too, right? You, you like Currently, you go, oh, like Pac is really but then he's smaller so no mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know it's guys like luger and warrior so it's, it's all like the most roided out guys but even that like doesn't then you're going like oh that's most muscular that's not even best body. so i don't even i have no well, luger had a better choice. body than warrior warrior was way more roided out i thought yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah we got to give it to the I, I don't know if... one. <laughs> i was gonna say i think we got to give it to the ones who died for their bodies first <laughs> that's that's a tough answer but oh oh but um yeah i did not grow up with lex luger all i knew of lex luger was the intrepid moment and then the narrative i heard because i only watched wwe dvds and stuff uh was that he wasn't very good and we gave him these opportunities but he wasn't very good but then you also kind of hear that the rug was often pulled on uh, out from under him and he wasn't necessarily as bad as people thought. I don't know. I really don't know. I, I, all the clips I watch, I go like, he currently seems like a very, very kind person who learned from their life in wrestling, which is rare. You know, he's not sitting there flipping out like uh, the rest, you know, a lot of other people uh, that came up in wrestling during his time. I, I think the best way to explain them to, to someone who is watching wrestling when you started is like, imagine if they gave Chris Masters a push. Yeah. Well, well, you know how like the Iron Sheik is like, uh, I'll break your back and make you humble. It's like God broke Lex Luger's back and made him humble. <laughs> so God is the Iron Sheik? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like, that, he, that is but he's a better suits. person because of it. He's a better person yeah. than all of these people. Uh, yeah. It's pretty amazing. I really like Lex Luger. I want to see Lex Luger in the Hall of Fame. All these good things. Yeah. Also, genuinely smart guy. You know, went to got into Penn State, then went to the went to the U after that. Um, yeah, and, and and all the real controversies uh, that maybe you know maybe we'll get to during the roast part. I, I don't I don't necessarily blame him for any of it. It's just yeah, I don't know. You get caught up in shit. 
Yeah, I mean, it, there was it was for sure a dark time. I mean, it, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was obviously a dark time. Kurt, uh, Lex Luger, like Scott, is probably a little bit before your time. But what what were your impressions of Lex? Well, uh, again, great body. Uh, yeah, he was before my time, but like going back, I actually think he was like one of the bright spots of uh, WCW during that time. I mean, he wasn't the best wrestler, but he had a genuinely like there was something about him. Like, I think he just had like a star quality to him. And, you know, uh, yeah, he seems like a he's one of those people who's learned like how to be a better person. Like, I think he's Christian. I think he's one of those people where Christianity actually made him a better person, you know, compared yeah, to where he was. It's, it's called the anti-Kirk Cameron. Yeah, like... <laughs> or, the, or the genuine HBK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, so the, the, the cool things I have seen of his seemed to be in that time in WCW before he went to WWF. So not his second run in WCW, like that, that, that long United States title run. That was before like that NWA. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all, you know, the matches I've seen of that are really enjoyable. I mean, the title seemed really prestigious and important. Well, I think those matches were, you know, you know why I think those matches were so good? Because I've been thinking about it a lot this week because uh, that's what I think about. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like all those guys were like fucking amazing workers, you know, like Tully and Flair and Arn. And Lex had an amazing body and they could like work around that body. So it made Lex look like he could hang with them and it made them look legitimate because Lex looked like an actual athlete. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing that we don't give enough credit to some of those guys in the 80s, like like a steamboat, like like a flare, like a savage, where it's basically like like motion capture, like they're like CGI, <laughs> like they're just pretending to fight something. <laughs> like they're pretending to fight a good wrestler, but it really is just a piece of cardboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's it's totally true. It's it's there was definitely like I think more so than today, because you know, today you can't really get away with being horrible, you know, absolutely dog shit. I mean, like, yes, there's the great colleagues every once in a while. You have somebody who's like an act, actual freak. But for the most part, like you can't get away with it the same way you could get away with it back then. You know, there, there aren't as many Ludwig Borgas. There aren't as many giant Gonzaleses. No, and I think, you know, it, it's got to said this like wrestling was like a circus. Like you needed the strong man. I, I think and in terms of the word professional and professional wrestling like you look at that guy and you're like well he deserves to be there just by looking at him you know what i mean you yeah. had guys like bobby eden and arn who are great workers but they look like the people in the crowd lex luger doesn't look like anyone in the crowd only the face like also scott said also the total package what a great name i don't know if there was guys before you know sometimes there's just common names in wrestling and he's the most famous one but the total package, Lex Luger, is an awesome name. Well, let's get to the roast of Lex Luger. Kurt, uh, Kurt decided to go first uh, as, as, as a guest. We always let our guests decide where they want to go in the lineup. Take it away, Mr. Ryan. Back in the day, Lex Luger could only come by shoving nerds in lockers. Lex Luger looks like he can only read slightly better than Psycho Sid. (laughs) 
Lex Luger is like if you turned reliving your glory days in high school into a person. (laughs) (laughs) I call Lex Luger less racist Hulk Hogan. (laughs) Lex Luger is the total package. If total package means no charisma, promo ability, or in-ring skill. (laughs) Lex Luger sounds like the name of a Republican cosplayer. (laughs) Lex Luger wrote a book called Wrestling with the Devil, which is surprisingly not about working with Hulk Hogan and WCW. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) Kurt Ryan, everybody. Kurt Ryan. Thank you, Kurt. All right, let me go into this. The Roast of Lex Luger. Lex is what would happen if Sting knew how to party. Before before Lex before Lex the torture rack was how Vince described May Young's tits. He now uh, lives in Buffalo, New York, because nothing says life after wrestling like a guy in a wheelchair pulling up to Wizard World in a Bills jersey. Notice, <laughs> I knew that was gonna get like notice you uh, only find Jesus after you lose everything else. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Shnikes, free wafers! <laughs> Luger's theme was Stars and Stripes Forever, which sounds like something Jericho's wife screamed when she was dragged from Nancy Pelosi's office. <laughs> <laughs> Stars and Stripes Forever! Put the walls up! Uh, he came up with Lex Luger from reading Superman and the Total Package off a special delivery from Dr. Zahorian. He was a good he was a good heel, but an even better butterface. He majored in marketing but couldn't sell a thing. I'm not saying Lex was a bad talker, but he's the first wrestler to cut a promo with fentanyl. He was a Miami Hurricane, then a Green Bay Packer. If you listen closely, you can hear JR coming into his own mouth. <laughs> I thought the Lex Express was the guy from Seamless who dropped off his Percocet. <laughs> Him and Buff Bagwell got kicked off a flight in 2005. For the last time, sir, the Dr. Seuss hat won't fit in the overhead compartment. <laughs> Lex, Lex was very influential, inspiring both born-again Christians and AEW's wellness policy. He's a trailblazer, the only WrestleMania main eventer to land in the middle of the card. People give him shit because he didn't love the business. But on the plus side, we know how well Lex loving something turned out. (laughs) He's known for his tumultuous relationship with Ms. Elizabeth. You got to work pretty hard to make wrestling fans say, should have stayed with the guy who chained her to a radiator. Can, Can you imagine how many sad wrestling sales Lex's appearance on Pawn Stars inspired? Look, it's a hundred bucks for the belt he won at WrestleMania 20, but for an extra 50, I'll throw in the lat pull-down machine. <laughs> in WCW, he turned face in a bunkhouse stampede battle royal, which sounds like a family reunion that becomes a gangbang. <laughs> Pritchard and Vince put the title on Luger at a press conference to mess with Meltzer. Guys, you could have just found him at StarCast and dropped a bag of marbles. <laughs> and finally... He was obsessed with fitness and was supposed to be the big star of the World Bodybuilding Federation. Hey, Lex, if you want to be passionate about something no one gives a shit about, why not become a Wrestle Rose patron? For Christmas, we're taking on Mantar. All right, that's it for me. Mike Lawrence, everybody.
All right. Uh, today we're roasting Lex Luger, who I'll always know as the justification of all of Randy Savage's paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> or Liz. They always save the Lex for last. <laughs> I heard his favorite movie is The Lady Killers. Oh. <laughs> should have been eliminated at the same time, but it was an accidental overdose, not the 1994 Royal Rumble. <laughs> he works with the WWE to help enforce their wellness policy now. How awesome that he gets paid to be a cautionary tale. Uh, it was actually, uh, uh, sorry, uh, he named himself after Lex Luthor, but now looks more like the guy who played Superman. <laughs> Everyone thought he was going to be the next Hogan, and instead he became the next Magnum TA. <laughs> if you're too young to remember Lex Luger, just imagine Ryback, but with an even sadder life after wrestling. <laughs> Seriously, if you were excited about the idea of this roast, but then started to get disappointed as it was happening, that's what it's like to be a Lex Luger fan. <laughs> Vince was being hounded by the government for distributing steroids and needed a new Hulk Hogan that looked more natural. Then he gave up on that idea and pushed Lex Luger. <laughs> Vince originally hired him as a bodybuilder and should have kept it that way what mean things can you say about the guy that Vince thought wasn't as charismatic as Bret Hart <laughs> in the 90s he was known for having a steel plate in his elbow and now he's a complete cyborg he always won by DQ never a clean win even now he can't beat death convincingly <laughs> Getting out of the chair and going to the bathroom takes more effort than body slamming Yokozuna. Jesus Christ. Seriously, though, Lex seems like a guy who genuinely changed for the better. And even if he is paralyzed for life, he's still better at stand up than Scott Chaplin. <laughs> oh, Mike Morris, look, if you want to go after a handicap guy, you got to get a handicap guy to do it. Uh, Scott Chaplin, everybody. Scott Chaplin. That was great, Mike. Uh, Lex Luger's heel origin is what if Lex Luthor couldn't spell his own name? <laughs> he looks like Stretch Armstrong never stretched. His finisher was the torture rack, a move made popular by Jim Cornette's sexual preferences. <laughs> he was kicked off the Miami Hurricanes for causing one in a, in a hotel room. He teamed with the British Bulldog because he looks like a pug. <laughs> a Luger is also what Dynamite Kid put in his wife's mouth. Oh, Jesus Christ. So <laughs> what? He does look like a pug. <laughs> <laughs> Even as a heel, Lex had a tiny face. <laughs> he had a tiny face. <laughs> Lex thought the steroid scandal was about him not wanting to share any. <laughs> What a coincidence that the Lex Express ended when he stopped using the gas. He's the only guy where quitting steroids ruined his life. There's a legitimate <laughs> decline in his life the moment he quit steroids. He left for WCW without Vince knowing. Dude, his biggest moment was on a boat and you're surprised when he jumped ship? Also, him lifting Yokozuna on a naval ship was Vince McMahon's If I Was at Pearl Harbor, This Is How It Go. <laughs> Before dating Lex, she was Miss Elizabeth. 
after dating him, she was missed, Elizabeth. Elizabeth was missed. <laughs> and finally, uh, for the kids, he's become wise and gentle in his old age. That plus the wheelchair, I started calling him Professor Lex. Kind of an X-Men kind of, uh, or I'm going to go kill myself. Russell Lex Luger, everybody. Oh, Scott Chaplin, the perfect combo of mean jokes, and then one, the jump ship one. That was the grammar school one this week. Yeah, there we I go. always like to put, uh, we, we should make the ones like the, a book of, of roast jokes for kids for Scott. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the way I make money. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I finally make that's, an income. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love what Scott's always like, what's the one joke that you could say to the wrestler on their deathbed? And they still understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the wrestler oh. he, he does, you know, I follow him on, uh, I think, Twitter or Instagram. And he's, you know, it's always like pictures of dogs and stuff. And, you yeah, know, even, like his, a good man. even his political stuff, you can tell he's like conservative, but it's not like crazy, you know, like. Um, yeah. He seems yeah. like a have the abortion, just don't brag about it kind of Republican. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I right. saw that he actually he went, dude. He went to jail and went to fucking Cobb County, Georgia, like a real wrestling dude. <laughs> well, that's how he, he found God with the chaplain in jail. Wow. So good for him. Yeah, good for him. All right, Lex, we salute thee. Let's get to his terrible promo now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for this week's show in hell this is it's in the signature of our show it's it's one of my favorite all-time favorite a, for me man all time i it's really debatable over whether or not i get more joy from this promo or the austin 316 and cm punk pipe promo good pipe bomb because they both like activate different joy centers in my head like if you haven't seen this promo like nothing we're gonna say on this podcast is gonna be funnier than this promo he sounds like a guy who's pissed his kids aren't appreciating disney world the whole time <laughs> it is amazing he's interviewed by this fat kid who's dressed like a pimp at junior prom you know i think like, that guy's kind of like has a name in wrestling oh year. does he i don't yeah, really I think yeah, so michael so. psa <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, junior like just, michael psa some, junior some background he was he was asked about this in a shoot interview and he goes yeah i saw it has the most views at everything i've ever done fucking internet <laughs> so he knows it was you know like he's horrendous. right um, I'm on the plus side, Dan, his 911 call is also on the internet. Uh, oh, oh Christ, the roast parts <laughs> over, Lawrence. Jesus. Hey, also, <laughs> screw the WWE. <laughs> I love, like, a, like a <laughs> apologizing Mike. He turns into, like, an Italian waiter. He's like, but, 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 Mike, uh, do you remember WWE had that confidential show? Oh, and God, they aired the, the fucking nine one one call, scumbags. scumbags. Dude, it was, that was so scummy. Like, yeah. that, I don't know. I don't know if that's worse than Melanie on camera after a, a Brian, but it's up there. Dude, it because is because also... at least she got prime time. Dude, they got confidential. <laughs> it's also <laughs> funny because like you had to like it was like mean gene but like he was acting like he was hosting dateline and oh, <laughs> so awful man <laughs> evil, evil, evil. Evil. have you ever seen this dan i i have not uh seen it Dude, yet, this was, yeah I, I, i'm with I, scott this was one of the grossest things they ever did because 
neither Elizabeth or Luger were associated at all with the company. And they did this like really scandalous, like smutty piece, and they played the nine one one call. And it was just like, well, that's ugh. no good. That's no good. Um, but this promo, very good, very fun. Um, it's All probably, for me, yeah. It's probably my favorite. It's probably my favorite bad promo ever. I think it's, it's my favorite. This promo is so good, bad, bad, good that. Um, it's something I've bonded with in high school with fr- some of my best friends who do not watch wrestling. Uh, they can quote it. They just enjoy it so much. They think it's so funny uh, the way this promo goes. And maybe you're right. It's because it's very much a pissed off dad who just doesn't have the chops to tell you what he wants to tell you, you know, and he's <laughs> so upset. He goes to pull off his shirt. The shirt doesn't rip off. He says, your shirts are too tight. <laughs> doesn't know the name of the pay-per-view that they're wrestling at. So it's like, super, super is it, I, don't uh, is it, is it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. God, isn't sure that he's going to get paid. That's an important part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also also he's talking about ron killings which is so cool man the uh man ron killings has been doing this forever it feels uh yeah i mean he's you know i just saw a video of him rob van dam and i guess peru you know and and luger doing something together they looked like they were having a fun time here's, here's the thing scott Ron Killings is going to get in the WWE Hall of Fame. Lex Luger might not. <laughs> Ron, yeah. Ron Killings already is, right? No, but he will be. I mean, I mean, one, he is great at his job, and two, like I know him and Vince are like supposed to be like really great. Friends. Yeah, and I think Lex will get there too. And and I hope I hope it's you know I hope it's very soon. I don't oh, think he will, and I think that's the company will not want to show it. They're shitty about that, but they. I think they will. I think they what will. Do Dude, they what just do did the Luger. Because... They just did this Luger special, and apparently the special's very good. And you know, it, it did. It has kind of you know, it, it's the opposite of you know, kind of their treatment of him in the past. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I think he could get. I don't think Buff is going to get in, but I think Luger is going to get in. Well, Buff also does Buff. I mean. Just because you're a name doesn't mean you need to. Also, this isn't a real Hall of Fame and, you know, fuck it forever. But yeah, but Buff Bagwell. Yeah. If it's a bullshit thing anyway. No, he should not be in it. He never. What did he ever do? Sorry. Unless unless I'm wrong. I didn't watch WCW, but he did that fun dancey thing before he flexed. (laughs) Yeah. And remember when his mom was on a pole? That was pretty cool. Dude, they should induct his mom. Induct Judy, but don't induct Buff. That would be fucking hilarious. Um, what did you think of this promo, Kurt? Uh, it just... Uh, like, it made my autism flare up watching it. Because I was just like, ah! It made me so uncomfortable. But, but, like, it just seemed like he didn't even know where he was. Like, what building he was in. Like, what year it was. It just felt like a whole fucking disaster. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But, Mike, would you say this is top five favorite bad promos for you or do you think yeah. it makes top five do you think it makes I mean, top five? we are we're burying the lead on part of what makes this one of the best it's short you know it's like yeah. all killer no filler it's like a minute and 13 seconds it's like a miro promo but the reverse yeah exactly every but every line is funny it builds the t-shirt thing like even if you've seen it 20 times it's still funny i mean because there's a lot of bad promos that just fucking 
trail off and they're just not even entertaining anymore because they're just so boring. But this is, you know, fucking, yeah, this is pretty great. Like, there's a Jumpin' Jeff Farmer promo. But it's like, I've never seen that guy again. I've never heard of him outside of that promo. But knowing Lex and, like, this is, like, the downfall kind of thing of, of him, of the NWA, uh, you know, the fact that he brings reality into it with the, you know, getting paid. The fact that the booker's name is Billy and it isn't Corgan um is hilarious <laughs> your t-shirts are too tight billy um <laughs> you want to mess with me i'm the total package i'm pissed you know, now it, it's you, know what, you know what's great about this promo is that you watch it as a as, as as a younger person and you're laughing at him but then you watch it as someone who's been in show business for like 15 years and you're laughing with him because we've all been Lex Luger, we've oh, all done, sure, yeah, we've all done the Saturday Slam, Cyber Slam, or whatever it is, you know, or, or yeah, the local club promo, like that you have to like, hey, get to Rumors in Winnipeg this weekend, you know, yeah, man, and it's like, I'm guessing a check bounced before this, and they still asked him to go <laughs> to the promo. No, I think um, that, I will say this for Lex. Lex was not going if that check bounced. That's the one thing about Lex. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that promo is like just gonna be me at an open mic in twelve years when my career has gone nowhere. <laughs> do you do you know the one thing I um, <laughs> you know the w- one thing that I think is kind of great about it about Luger is like the thing that they burn Luger with is so dumb. It's so wrestling dumb because they're always like, yeah, Luger didn't love the business. Jim Cornette asked him what he would be doing. Uh, if uh, he had to make the money that they made when he started and Lex said he wouldn't do it then. And everyone was like, huh? And I'm like, yeah, it's like, yeah, this is the point of being in the business is to make money. You know, it's the same reason to be in any fucking business comedy well, included. Well, here's the, here's the thing. We are now in a generation of people that grew up loving wrestling and choosing to be wrestlers he comes from a generation when it is a fallback. Like, oh, yeah. shit, I, I, I tore my Achilles tendon. Like, you ever watch this? There's this movie from the 50s called Requiem for a Heavyweight. And um, it's Anthony Quinn and uh, Jackie Gleason. It was, it was written by Rod Serling, who did The Twilight Zone. And what's amazing in the movie is he's like this old prize fighter. Anthony Quinn is, and, and Jackie Gleason's his manager. And it ends in the saddest way, which is that he shows up in a wrestling ring and he starts wrestling because he can't fight anymore. Like that was the view of wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) That was like the end of the movie was like, I think he's pretending to be like native American and he's got the headdress and he's like just fucking miserable out there. Like, (laughs) you know, like, and, and, and I think a lot of guys came from that mentality or, you know, embarrassed about it. And, And in some ways, rightfully so where now it's like, you know, yeah, you grew up watching Lex Luger. You grew up watching all these people. But, yeah, there was a time when it was fucking shameful. And <laughs> rightfully so. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, it's come a long way, the business. It's, 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 it's gotten more respected, but they're making less money. So I, I wonder if, if you're a wrestler, would you rather more respect and less money or more money and less respect? 
uh, more money, less respect. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's how we I know think. we've been in show business for a while. But also because, you know, your time is, is short often. You know, a yeah. lot of guys, even in wrestling, have to give it up in their 30s and 40s and stuff. So the money's more important. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's get to some uh, somewhere where Lex shown a little bit more, and that was uh, our, our – we we're bringing back Grimmix this week, the narcissist versus the model Rick Martel. Uh, unlike Pat in the past, uh, these are both gimmicks I think are pretty good, but I think the model wins, you know, in a runaway. It, it's, it's a landslide, man. I mean, I, I just I – had, I had thoroughly had a blast watching old um, – you know, like I'll say this about the narcissist um, – you know, it's a really good gimmick. Uh, I think it's better than the All-American Luger. I like the mirrors, but, you know, Rick Martel, man, with, with the arrogance, with the with all the, like, the fun vignettes, um, I thought Slick was kind of unnecessary. But, um, you know, it's great, man. Today's like, arrogance, today's man in a classic can put the brakes on the mundane and accelerate into the fast lane. It was awesome, dude. Um <laughs> And fun. It's really fun, dude. And, and the stuff with him and Roberts was was just fantastic. The only thing that's unbelievable about Roberts is you know that like whatever he sprayed from a can into Jake wouldn't be toxic to him. You know, <laughs> like he'd be like, yeah, yeah, this was my Tuesday. But um, also, Jake back then just walked like he always had a blindfold on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just kind of funny because he's from, I think they bill him from, um, God, where do they bill him from? Coco Beach. Uh, Coco Beach, even though he's got the most fucking, like a French Canadian accent that sometimes becomes Iranian. Um, it, it, but but I, I, I would say Martel. Mike, do you like the Martel gimmick better, model gimmick, or the nurse? Yeah, these are, you know, these are two different cases. And, you know, yeah, these, these gimmicks both worked in a way. I mean, I think the model is one of the classic ones, but, you know, the model was a rebranding. Martel had been there in the WWE and obviously in other places for a long time. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, Vince would give people these cartoony gimmicks and shit and ruin them. Like, no, the model made him better. You know, he was in strike force and he turned heel on Tito and he kind of needed something to break out a little bit and this was that he was always featured on shows and programs and stuff and then you know luger is the other side of it where luger comes in for the first time into the wwf and vince has to make him his own um and like you're gonna be the i also love that they always said narcissist even though it's supposed to be narcissist but it's just like eden keeps saying narcissist and uh you know it I will say this. I felt he was more comfortable in this gimmick than American hero Lex Luger. <laughs> um, at least felt more natural <laughs> in a way. Um, but yeah, I think I think the model is one of the classic gimmicks of all time. And definitely Rick Martel. I, I mean, I know the Hall of Fame's dumb, but it, I, I think it does matter to a lot of these guys. Rick Martel, like top five people that isn't in, but totally should be. Oh, I think he's, he's, yeah. he's going to be in. I think, I think the who texted me this week was one of you guys. I think it was so, me, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Triple H talked to him. I mean, dude, because also Rick, like, I think he's real estate, dude. Like, he he legit got out of the business and had a completely second life and career. So good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Scott, what do you got? Rick, what do you think is the better gimmick? Rick, the model Martel or the narcissist? Yeah, from again, I didn't watch these guys, but from what the clips I've seen, Rick Martel is at least fun. Yeah, 
and the narcissist is just uh, there's a lot of guys who who uh, that wasn't the first time that was a gimmick so i can't even say oh there, there was knockoffs of that i've seen because that's probably a knockoff of something yeah i mean, I mean that that's just pro wrestling that gimmick you yeah know? yeah mr yeah, so wonderful it's, yeah, yeah it's everybody yeah, yeah. I mean, Ric Flair is a version of that. Game, exactly. You know, like, yeah, yeah, without yeah. the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We're all narcissists. Rick, yeah, yeah. R- 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 yeah Rick, 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 the mirrors are crack. Um, yeah. Kurt, Kurt what Scott, did you... Uh, Scott, you're right. It's like you sleep in a tanning bed and you dye your hair. You're a fucking narcissist. <laughs> yeah. yeah Seamus did an interview this week and he said he is the first person ever in WWE to have never tanned when he showed up there. <laughs> that everybody in the locker room was like, we've, we all tan. And he was the only one that was like, no, I don't do that. Anyway. Trying to think, is there anyone, I mean, Taker, but he, he eventually. No, I saw Taker with some tans. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. It's and like, you usually wore it. Like only, you'd only see his arms, but you know, yeah. Seamus is out there in the tidy whiteies kind of. Dude, yeah. Seamus's uh, new wife is beautiful. <laughs> Shut up, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> uh kurt uh the narcissist or the model rick martell which gimmick did you prefer uh, like everyone else said the model uh rick was just like uh i just think he played the character a little bit better like i just think he had better in ring skills too mm-hmm. like he was a great worker who could make the gimmick work in the ring uh, a lot better than lex uh luger could and uh yeah he just was like he was a lot of fun like uh it was before my time but like i i, I when I like discovered that gimmick, I was like, the wrestling was funner to watch back then because of like uh, characters like that they had, and that was like one of the funner uh, characters, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. He's uh, I didn't like him as a kid, but I, I didn't like him for the right reasons, you know. But, but Kurt, now you have characters like Christian, the stay-at-home dad who doesn't want to stay at home. well perfect transition to dynamite or dud we're reviewing this week's dynamite baby the august 4th 2021 edition homecoming edition of dynamite a headline by malachi black and cody rhodes in the first hour we'll, we'll review this hour by hour first hour we have the third labor of jericho jericho versus juventud guerrero a uh, segment of penta and andrade backstage a segment with dark water and adam page backstage kingston moxley and darby versus uh, matley and jeff parker formerly ever rise and daniel garcia uh, backstage segment with the elite christian cage versus the blade and an in-ring promo with Britt Baker and Red Velvet. What, what did you think of this first hour? We'll start with Scotty. What did you think of the first hour? I really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, okay. I mean, it's, you know, if I break down the first hour, it's like that, that first minute or two of, uh, of, of the juicy one versus uh, Jericho, Hooventude versus Jericho. It was, uh, it was a bit botchy for sure. And then I got really into it and I had fun with it and then it ended quick. Uh, but I was kind of okay with that because I, I, I don't want to see them wrestle long. Uh, Mike texted a great point that I'm sure he's going to bring up. And I do agree with you, even though I think that finish uh, was an awesome visual. Uh, that, I mean, he should do that more often. The, the, the top rope, uh, what, what you know, Judas uh, effect, uh, what they called it the super Judas effect. It looked great. It looked really great. So more of that. Uh, yeah, it was a quick, cool match, and you get to say Hooventude. I mean, there was moments in the match where 
it really clicked and it felt like them, you know? Yeah. But then there was very obvious moments where they felt like their age, but that's fine. It was a cool way to start the show, I thought. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was fine with the top rope Judas effect just because I was so, so, so nervous he was going to try to moonsault or like something like a swanton or something that could have ended like a nightmare. Well, you know, um, he's been doing those top rope Frankensteiners the last few weeks. So you assume it's going to be that. So I'm glad it wasn't that. I, I thought it was cool. Dude, Jericho needs to kind of hide his, uh, his stuff a little bit better. Like, you know, Flair had a lot of really good matches at the end. You know, what comes to mind, obviously the Michaels match comes to mind, the match with, Triple H, the match with uh, Edge on Raw when they had the ladder match. But I think the reason those matches were so good was that Flair tried to do about half the moves that Jericho tried to do. And Jericho is just, he's like trying a little bit too, you know, try too hard, Jay. Um, it, it's just, I don't know about that. I mean, if he was trying, you know, he, he wouldn't look like he looks. <laughs> but you're right. There is like no, a. No, and move, move set wise, I'm not talking about body. I'm talking but about. He's, I, I think the move set has gotten better. Like, I, I, I keep going back to the Sean Spears match because I think that was the first time I noticed four or five different moves he just pulled off randomly. I think that's cool. I just wish he physically gave a shit more because that, that does matter at least when you're aging and you go like, you know, you got fucking edge on the other show looking like goddamn Logan. Right. Uh, Mike, what did you think of this match? Um, yeah, I thought this match was, you know, it was fine. So yeah, my criticism, I thought that the finish itself was great. I just thought that it was a little rushed where if the whole point is that he's got to hit a thing off the top rope, you know, he hits the, he hits the Judas effect on the, on the ground and, you know, that doesn't count because he, you know, he's got to do the stiff and then immediately takes Hoovy out with a second one. I think that it just should have been a little more arduous for him. I think that Hoovy should have like reversed or got it out of a few top rope maneuvers after that. And then you went with the super. So I would have just like given three more minutes of this of Jericho desperately you know maybe he physically can't climb the uh turnbuckle more than he did but i just felt like it was a little abrupt like well i can't win this way i'll just win this way and that yeah was, it was kind of yeah stupid. i hear you it was and then and then you know you have him facing wardlow as the final thing before he gets to face him and it's like well cody had to face wardlow in a steel cage to get to you you know so so there's those issues but i mean it's you know i i, I did enjoy it i thought it was wait, wait, cool. scott and, and it- i what uh, is it does he have to do five labors and then mjf or is MJF i think the mjf is the fifth labor but i'm not okay. sh- i'm not sure i wonder uh, if they're gonna do that on dynamite or, or on the pay-per-view they'll yeah. do jericho and mjf on the pay-per-view i would assume i would assume yeah but yeah yeah that's true and then you got like three weeks to uh to continue building this you know thing that that you know has been going on forever yeah uh, what do you think about this match kurt uh, I dug it. Uh, at first, it took me a while to get into it because I was like, "Oh shit, are they going to be botching like the whole entire yeah, match?" Yeah. And then, and then uh, it it got going once they got their groove in the middle. And then uh, I dug the finish as well. I, I I actually think that move is very cool. Like that's one thing about Chris Jericho is usually he comes up with like cool new finishers that always look uh, 
pretty cool. And I'm always like impressed when you can get like a a finishing move I haven't really seen before uh, over. I'm like, oh, that, that's a cool looking move. I, I always liked his finisher. So yeah, I, I dug the match. I thought it, I thought it was good. Yeah, I just you know like like you know when Jericho just kind of fell on Hoventude to get in the walls of Jericho, I, I was kind of like, ugh. Man, that move would have looked so good on Nitro in '96. You know, like I just kept having moments like that during the match. But yeah. but you there's know, something nice about that. I don't know. I thought I thought it was cool. It was, um, it was a good match. Something that's not cool. I think we'll probably all agree with this. Is what the fuck is this Andrade program like? I no, I don't mind the program. It's just it, it's just let Chavo talk for him unless you you know you. Isn't it already? Don't we already know that Penta's not joining Andrade? Wasn't this just kind of like a less a less climactic version of what they did last week? Um. Well, so what exactly was the layout? It was this week. Pac didn't fly in, as opposed yeah. to, and it and it was their fault. Uh oh, and then he beat Fuego at the end of the show, which which I loved. He beat up Fuego. I did that like cool. that. Yeah, I yeah, did that like that. And, and then, you know, you have the, the, these two moments of Fuego getting beat up on TV where now all of a sudden you're rooting for this guy to, to have a moment eventually, uh, which is cool. But, yeah, I just think they're waiting for that trios thing. I have a feeling uh, Roosh is coming with, like, Laredo Kid. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and maybe Andrade's going to fight all of them one-on-one. I have no idea. It just feels like something they're going to get to and haven't yet. I, I don't – I don't, I don't mind this at all. I, I don't mind what happened tonight. And I thought the Fuego thing was cool. It's just, yeah, the Andrade thing, you know, you, you haven't explained who that other guy is. Which, you know, next so to weird. Chavo. And, and I do like the idea of like, but again, establish this idea where it's like, I have a guy for everything. This guy hands me my keys. This guy hands me my shoes. Like, but give us that, you know? Oh, this guy follows me around and does bullshit while Chavo, do- I just haven't, I don't know what that guy does, but I don't, I don't hate it at all. I, and I think that whatever matches we're going to get, whatever variation of matches we're going to get are the matches we're going to want to see Andrade have. And all of those guys have, you want to see every single one of these dudes fight each other. Um, Kingston Moxley Darby versus Matt Lee, Jeff Parker and Danny Garcia. Do you think any of these guys on the opposing team, uh, earn their way into an AEW contract tonight? I'm going to say that I thought Matt Lee, Made Eddie Kingston look great. I thought he had some nice moments. The other guys, not so much. I, I didn't really see a lot of uh, sizzle on that stake. But who? Um, Dan- who? who uh, Danny? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just not. Dude, him and Darby were awesome together. Yeah, I know. I just, I, you know, it's just I, he just doesn't he just doesn't stick out for me. You know. No man, that was a super fun match. My guess is you didn't have your volume up enough. Okay. Yeah. It's, Turn it's, that volume up all the way, dude. Next thing you know, you're in Daly's place. <laughs> Mike, do you think any of these guys earned a contract? Um, no, because of the way they were presented, I, I I thought that this was more detrimental to your established stars to take this long to beat these guys. Um, the little promo they did at the beginning wasn't very impressive. I mean, the match itself was fine, and it's like, yeah, you could have that, but. You know, if Darby's going to go against Punk in a few weeks, it shouldn't take 10 minutes to beat jabronis that you've never had on the show before. Like, nah, it's man, they're not, not jabroni. There's no such thing as a jabroni anymore. Wrestlers are wrestlers, and everybody has their own 
abilities and capabilities and just because of matches, you know, whoever won one, Darby Allen won. In, in, okay, people turn on the, the channel, right? They see Darby Allen pin a guy and then celebrate with former Dean Ambrose and fucking Sting, and they go, this guy rules. Who's he fighting next? And maybe it's CM Punk. We don't know. But if it is, yeah. that's cool. And hopefully it's not more of these guys. I just, <laughs> no, they did great. There's no story. It's just not interesting. Let Mike talk, Scott. Mike, let Mike talk. I'm not a sports guy. I don't need to see athletic competition for the sake of it, especially in a fake program that's written. I'd rather see stars against stars and programs and stuff. And I feel like there are certain talent that should not get a picture in picture and new guys. I don't think Lee Johnson should have gotten against Miro either. Like, I should believe that Miro can beat him in any moment and that it wouldn't happen during a commercial break. That's, that's you know, that's what I think. Wrestling Karen. Did you just call him Wrestling Karen? Yes. <laughs> You're such a baby, He's Scott. calling the cops on Dynamite right now. Oh, come on. For, for, for partying too loud yeah. in a trios match. <laughs> <laughs> just because I said I wasn't a fan of a Garcia and a Johnson tonight. <laughs> I thought the um, I thought the I stuff also hated Christian in the Blade. You had me. No. My problem was Christian in the Blade. I thought the match was fine, but why? Why beat him with a spear, man? Like it's just like like what's you? You want us to forget about Edge? Have us forget about Edge? Don't. Why have a B show if this is what you're putting on your A show? <laughs> this it, it was not. I, I I can't defend this match. It wasn't that great, but better than the promo coming up. But um, the, the, the the match was fine. The Britt Baker promo was, you know, I kind of was expecting more from it just because I think she's so great, and they brought out um, uh, Red Velvet to like. It just feels like they dust these these wrestlers off and yes. getting like 20 wins and then yes. bring them out. And it's and a problem. It, I mean, like it, it does at times I'm like, come on, man. Like, like no, nobody, I'd rather just have Britt Baker cut a promo like for that entire time than have red, just announce that red velvet's going to go against her. Like, you know, instead of trying to make her look like a real threat. Um, well, yeah. also, I mean, you, you, it's Britt Baker's, hometown match at least throw red velvet on television like a few times in the last few weeks yeah it's yeah it's an error it's an error have have red velvet wear the color red when she comments on someone else not being able to pull it off (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know snoop dogg had a rosé though called 19 crimes which uh that that was my big uh, I, I will say this about the about the rankings though and her saying like i'm number you know i've beaten this many women whatever and you go jesus christ i didn't see any of that you know and i do i do agree that you need to see some of it even if it's just in video packages or something yeah. or just have her at least cut a promo last week and then this week she does another thing I, but i think what that is is it's a young company and you gotta make up you have to like Instead of just inventing matches, which they honestly could do, even though they're just making content, you know, just like write down fake. Oh, this is they had these matches. They happened in, in fucking Honolulu. Shut up, you know. Uh, <laughs> All right. All but, right. Let's get to the yeah, second hour. You know, yeah, let's keep. Going. I just I just wanted to quickly say that it's funny to me because Britt did this as a heel, right? Where 
she wanted to fight Sheeta for the title, and she was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna beat a bunch of jobbers on uh, the, the the dark shows, you know, Elevation and Dark." Like that was her purposeful intent. I'm gonna build myself in the rankings by squashing Scrubs, and now everyone else does it, but their baby faces. Yeah, yeah, and but I will say this: Britt was awesome in this. Yeah, she, she was okay. Awesome. I mean, she's awesome. So, oh, I, dude, I, no, yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought she was very good. I, I like her all the time. I just, yeah. I wish they kind of gave her a little bit more to say. Uh, second hour, we have uh, the Fuega de Sol Andrade, um, the uh, Lee confront Hangman Page, Mira Lee Johnson, Christian backstage singing Golden Girls. Uh, the America's top team guy was back, Layla Hirsch versus the Bunny. Uh, which with an appearance from um, from Camille Brickhouse and Cody versus Malachi Black. I'm going to start off by I just saying, say. uh, let's start with the main event first. I thought the I thought it was you know the main event exactly was what it needed to be uh, for the story they were telling. I was a little bit upset that they didn't have more time, but if if you're going to tell a squash, they told a great squash, and I thought the. When Dingo entrance was awesome. I also really like the fact that they're like keep cutting QT every show. It's kind of like a fun thing. Like QT kind of gets his character. I, I can't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's true. Uh, and I thought, you know, at the end of you know Malachi Black taking out Cody was uh, was was great. Uh, what, what did you think of this, Mike? Uh, the main event, yeah, I thought was awesome. I didn't love the Cody promo. Um, because it was very Cody. It was so Cody where all the attention was on him. I like that. I, I am a fan that they stuck the landing and made it still about black because that should be the whole point of this is to get Malachi over. Um, and I thought, you know, this, uh, you know, we watched a lot of matches tonight where we easily knew what the conclusion was. And this did feel like exciting in a way like, Oh shit. And it, you know, really put over Malachi's, you know, finisher of just like, oh, fuck, this thing is devastating, you know? Um, I just think that Cody is so self-indulgent and so up his own ass and so has to, he, he has to always tell the fans that he's the reason they're there, you know, where like the other guys who are the reason they're there just entertain you and do wrestling and fun character work. <laughs> It's just a little bit like the him about to cry. He, it just happens a lot. And he, he he does cry a lot. He he's he's taking Ric Flair's spot as far as yeah uh, easy cry. Yeah, it's a little it's a little tedious to me, especially you know like because the end of the match and him taking the boots off felt like the thing you do after the end of a feud. But this literally like just happened a couple weeks ago. Like the dude kicked Arn. You got mad. And now you're gonna retire. It, it looks it's fucking stupid. Well, no, I, I I wasn't looking at it as oh he lost the match he's retiring. I mean it's it's that on top of he's lost a bunch of matches on top of he's got a kid now on top of we know he is filming this sh you know two shows his reality show and the goddamn the go big show or whatever is filming its new season like in, what next starting next week or something. So you do have this moment of like, oh, is he dipping? Is he going to go try to make things? It, it felt like they were trying to create a real moment of him actually retiring. And you go, oh, wow, maybe he would leave. And then Malachi Black 
fucking wax him in the back with the which whose crutch is that? That's what I didn't. I wasn't sure of. Was it uh, Reba's? Was Reba's in there? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure. Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I I thought there was something great about that. That that he it was this typical Cody thing, and then it was like no. Scott, shut the fuck you up you know he's talking about all these newcomers coming in and things are changing this and that and you know he's trying to have this retirement moment and now he doesn't get to retire he has to come back eventually scott what did you think of the latest chapter in the elite saga let's, wait let's, it's symbolic he's got one foot in one foot out you know i'm sorry what mike i said let's ask kurt what he thought of the main event yeah kurt what do you think uh, I, I thought the main event, I thought it was a, a good match and it like uh, told the story it needed to tell and it did what it was supposed to do. I dug it. Are you a Malachi Black fan? Uh, uh, sorry. Are, are you a fan of Malachi Black? Like, were you a fan of Alistair and shit? Uh, it was okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm a big fan of his. So even seeing him, he felt like a star to me. Did he? Does it? I don't know if it translates for everybody. Uh, it translates for me. I mean, I love the entrance, and no, again, I, it's just I even be remember like, where, where does moments... this guy end up? You know, like it's like there's only so many spots on this roster. Well, so that, that's the thing where he's got to get a, a loss of. I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys where you. That's another thing about having this new company where all there's these all these new people. It's like how who can afford a loss, and the answer is kind of nobody. <laughs> uh so it's it, but dude they've pulled it off it's it's interesting uh scott what did you think of the latest chapter in the elite storyline tonight oh i thought it was great i thought the backstage thing was uh was a blast uh they all work as a, as a goofy ass unit uh omega wearing the the cookie monster shirt because cm and you know uh cm punk saying that the cm stood for cookie monster Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, and uh, Gallo's wearing the Ric Flair robe. Like, they're just saying, like, hey, who's coming? You know, just being <laughs> absolute dumbasses. And then I thought the hangman thing was great. It's like I said, he needs to go at it alone, and he told them. And, you know, last year he told the elite he needed to go at it alone, and they hated him for it. They got mad at him, and, you know, that's part of the reason they hate him. Uh, Nick Jackson brought it up maybe last week or the week before where he was like, you know, you want it out, whatever. They wouldn't let him out of the elite. That was, you know, a big story for however long. And then he told the Dark Order, like, hey, I need to go it at my own. And they were upset about it, but they respected it, unlike the elite, because they're real friends. And then he got his fucking ass kicked by them, uh, by, by the elite, which I thought was awesome. I thought Omega was killer. on Omega's been killer on the mic lately. Because at first, there was moments for sure in AEW when he wasn't. But I think the last few weeks, he's knocked it out of the park. I thought this week he at least did, for sure. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a great segment. I mean, obviously, when the Dark Order runs out, you go, no, you fucking fight all the guys. You know, you don't just actually listen to what he told you to do. But you got to listen. You know, he's got to learn. It's like, also, he was like a little drunk backstage, you could tell, in that segment. And it's like, dude, let him take his fucking lumps. It's that scene in the movie where the drunk guy gets his ass kicked, and now he's all alone. He's got to learn. It was cool. What did you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. It was definitely, I, I liked it better than Christian singing Golden Girls, for sure. Whoo! We'll was, get to that. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get to it right now. Uh, I want to I wanna give well, a thought. Oh, yeah, yeah, guys. Um, so my thought on this, I, I thought this actually did really work 
there was a couple things that I didn't like, and Scott, maybe you'll agree, maybe you'll disagree. One, I don't think Kazarian should have been in this segment. That this is about Paige and the Dark Order. If that's the story you're telling, him just randomly popping up. Well, he's like the just, elite killer, though. Yeah, but he hasn't really. Um, he hasn't really killed just, anybody, though. I agree with Mike. Yeah, it, it just felt like you're diluting Dude, he's, a little he's bit. He's been fighting like, with them the last the point of like trying to get him over too, but just focus on Paige and the elite. Like I, I just thought that it, it, it just made it a little like less special. And then the other thing is for the amount that this company uses blood, it's weird that they don't do it in uh, beatdowns. You know, right. no, that's a great point. Well, you know, also, I feel like the five against one, these guys are assholes. I agree. You know, Kenny's been great. You know, I, I felt like this was the first night in a long time. Callus wasn't there, which the continuity nerd to me is like, well, where is he? If he should be there, he should be there. But he also isn't needed being Kenny... indicted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but Kenny is good enough. And I, I think Kenny's even better than Callus on the mic. So it's not miss that much i, I think you can kind of lose callus if you want i mean they should write him off or explain it but uh yeah my only yeah my only complaint was kazarian completely unnecessary to this if you're simply telling the story of the dark order coming out and then leaving and then this other random jack off like well no you're also running. telling the story of the, the elite you know cannot be stopped they're running amok who will yeah, stop them? Daniel Bryanson? Brian Danielson? You, but let me, let me ask you this. Do you Who think knows? that the segment was made better by him? I, I do. I do. Because it, 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 it caused a sense of hopelessness. And I think that's important. Yeah. Because somebody has to stop these guys. I mean, guys, they gave him the know? magic killer. Though. That's pretty fucking hopeless, you know? Well, what? Yeah, I know. I know. They beat his ass. That's No, I know. I know. But it should have just kind of ended on Hangman. I thought it was already it already yeah. ended in a home, hopeless way. That's what I was saying. I don't know yeah, if you unless, need to be a weep killer. Unless Kazarian's going to factor into the big program that you're going to tell why put him in it is my thing. Yeah, I mean, he's again, you guys are going to go, what the fuck? But I, I believe they're in an impact match <laughs> this week. I think Wait, it's, just one moment, Scott. What the fuck? <laughs> I believe it's Kazarian. Um, oh man, I should really look it up, but it's like Kazarian, um, Chris Sabin, and somebody else first, the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. On you know, the, the one thing that I've been, I, I was kind of like, um, first off, they should change Bunny's name to 925 because she's always wrestling at the 925 markets. <laughs> it is always there. And Camille Brickhouse looks like such a fucking star that it was like, I don't know, it kind of made like a lot of everybody else in the division, you know, whether it be, you know, like I, I like the fact Camille Brickhouse is there. I like the fact that, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it, you know, like they recognize other promotions and things like that. But when you see her and you see this star, it, you know, people, and I like, I think Layla Hirsch has a lot of upside. I like the, them back and forth, but people like Red Velvet and the Bunny, they just don't like stack up for me. Am I am I being too harsh here, Kurt? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I kind of I agree. Like, uh, Red Velvet is just kind of like ugh to me. And then yeah, you, you put Bonnie next to uh Camille, and you're right. It, it kind of is like ah, I don't. Uh, I'm not excited about this matchup. I uh, like it. It. I felt the same way. It kind of did. 
nothing for me. I was, I was like, ugh. Norm, normally, the bunny looks like something me or Kurt would just squeeze to death. <laughs> uh, I thought. Uh, I thought my, my my highlight of this hour was Miro selling in that Lee Johnson match. I thought he was him selling that DVD, DDT was fantastic. It reminded me of like like you know the action Kurt Russell movie where the big guy gets hit and you know he finally stumbles. And I I still say legit Layla Hirsch is one of the worst names in wrestling because it's literally she's real. This is fake. Aren't they all legit? <laughs> she's she is awesome though. I'm she's, she's great. Like a, I just yeah, think she's the work to get out. Yeah, yeah. I, I would call her actually real Layla Hirsch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, folks. Well, that was uh, we, we brought back Dynamite. We're going to be going back to reviewing Dynamite every week. So next week we'll be covering Dynamite again, Dynamite or Dud. But I'd be remiss if I didn't get everybody's high spot and low spot of the week. Start out with high spots. I have a tie. One of them is in the world of wrestling. One of is a uh, is something that happened outside the world of wrestling, but was very wrestling-esque uh sasha's return on smackdown was it was really well done they told an entire story over the two hours you didn't want to see him tease it out um but bianca belair kind of having that little sister thing with her uh was really great and i thought the turn was really great at the end and one of my favorite ufc post-match speeches happened this past saturday night sean strickland got on the mic and said uh, good to be here. If, it, if I wasn't here, I'd probably be in jail or cooking meth right now. And I was like, <laughs> God damn, man. That's like the most honest thing I've ever heard a fighter say. Uh, the, the event, is, you know, the mad fight itself was really good. Um, but that, that to me, I was like, oh man, that, that's a real shoot. We talk about a wrestling shoot. That's a real promo shoot. Uh, what was your high spot this week, Mike? Um, you know, I'm going to say that my, High spot. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make Scott happy here, and I'm gonna say the the elite confrontation in the sense that it feels like a big program. I think that you know you really want to see what happens next, and I think that you know with with Punk coming, with with Brian potentially coming, it's still really important to have a lot of focus on your homegrown guys. I mean, I think like. Did we all just agree not to talk about the idea that Christian's going to be challenging for the world title because we don't give a shit? I mean, uh, it was, we, we brought up Golden Girls for a little bit, but it was just so painful. I think none of us really, really chimed in. Man. But it was it was just like, the thing is, like, the problem with making fun of Christian is like, you, Christian's good in the ring. He's good on the mic uh, sometimes, uh, but he seems like a really good guy. So it's not yeah. like fun to make fun of him. But that was fucking brutal. He felt very hey. present. I'll say that. But you know when like a, a really nice guy feels present, so he starts trying to be funny, and yeah. you just go, oh, "Yeah, man, you're a good dude." Yeah, but the, the thing <laughs> is, like, like him, him and Edge are funny together. But it's like watching Garth without Wayne. Yeah, you know? he's like, he's the, the thing, totally reeks part. The the thing too is that or Michael like, Myers without Dana Carvey. <laughs> <laughs> the thing too is that edge has that other side to him you know when edge goes like this is really important to me like you know when he gets really serious like it's believable christian doesn't have that like christian might be the most canadian wrestler that's ever wrestled 
You know, I'm okay just going out there. Heel, and, uh, heel Christian isn't night. bad. He's not bad. Heel Christian's good. I mean, I, Mike, last night I, I couldn't sleep, so I was going through my year-end re- awards for wrestling. I thought you were going to say, last night I couldn't sleep, so I watched some Christian matches. <laughs> 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 but I, 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 I realized, like, my, my probably born my, again. Favorite, my favorite single promo this year, besides that one that Miro just put on Twitter, was Edge right before WrestleMania when he kind of like turned heel for just one show and he just talked about like I dreamt it, you know, it was so fucking yeah. Great. And no, uh, he's this, got that he's got a genuine that. passion that is connecting, you know. And look, I I thought that Christian's heel run in like 2011 was really good. The stuff with Orton and shit like that. I think the guy is really talented. I just don't like the way he's presented now, and I especially don't want to see him against Kenny in a, in a pay per view program. Kurt, what was your high spot in wrestling this week? Uh, I, I, I'm going to say the elite confrontation, too. I like that, like, story. And I thought it was the best story of the program. Like, I thought it was, like, uh, really well done. Like, it was just, like, probably my favorite uh, thing about wrestling this week, too. Scott, is it going to be three? Is it going to be three out of four for this elite? <laughs> no, but you know, it's something AEW involved. I mean, you know, they sold out the United Center, dude. Uh, what the pre—they pretty much sold out during the pre-sale, but obviously held off on some tickets, and then they put out those tickets on Monday, and they sold out. So they're doing the United Center. We're gonna definitely do an episode on it because CM Punk is for sure debuting. Yeah. Or, dude, it's—I mean, dude, this is like some people's, you know. People are still coming out, you know, like we're out, but like this is going to be a lot of people's first wrestling shows and they're coming to see CM Punk, like, you know, after a while of being inside. If he's not there, they're burning the building down. What yeah. was your What was your low spot this week, Mistress Chaplin? You know, I didn't, I didn't like, I guess I'll say I, I don't, I didn't like Bray Wyatt being fired uh, because... I also Whoa, do like wait, that. Now, wait a second. Speech. Wait a second. Wait a second. What? You have had more problems with the fiends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, than, the fiends. Than yeah. Even John Cena when he was trapped in the Firefly Funhouse. Who who ruined the fiend? Who and I've been saying this the whole time. I've known I've never had a problem with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's a creative dude. Um, you know, I don't think he's uh, you know, a, a director or anything, but I think he's he's super creative and he thought up to ideas that had so much potential and they were ruined uh completely and i hated that ronda rousey tweet even if it's because she's coming back you used someone's firing to come off like a heel because you're eventually returning that's fucking corny uh but even if she meant it you know ronda rousey for those listening if they don't know she posted a tweet something about you know oh you fans chanting that you wanted volleyballs or whatever or beach balls during Bray Wyatt's entrances are the reason he's fired or whatever and now you're and now you're wishing he wasn't fired some dumb shit like that like we weren't cheering for him forever and then when it started sucking we said it sucked because it sucked that's not his fault so that really bothered me that people don't take like the one extra step to think and realize Oh, it's not Bray that these people disliked. It was the creative. Uh, Mike, what was your low spot this week? 
Well, um, I think Scott perfectly set up this week's Twitter question. So should I uh, do that? Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. So the Twitter question this week was when uh, Bray Wyatt enters uh, AEW, what is, you know, you know, Excalibur's got to be the one that's, that's, that's blank, you know? So uh, we are doing, you know, what's the name that Excalibur's going to say? Um, because we know JR is just going to say his WWE name, but what's the what's his what's Bray Wyatt's new name going to be? So here are uh, some answers, uh, our favorite ones. At Sparknado one, it's Wyndham damn near killed him rotunda. Drops <laughs> Cody with newly renamed sister Abigail, now called the Aunt Linda. <laughs> At Chom one, uh, Aunt eight. Linda sounds like uh, like Linda Hogan in a haunted house. <laughs> <laughs> Or or Linda McMahon, um, who makes anyhow she's been haunted. <laughs> uh, at Chom One AK, WWE uh, Creative Issue Number Seven. At uh, C Duran Duran. When I knew him years ago, he was Bray Wyatt, but for some reason, I already know that he wants to be referred to as Flapjack Mulligan. <laughs> at the like Burt Eighty Eight. Uh, at the Burt Eighty Eight debuts in a John Wayne Gacy style lucha mask. Now known as Depresso El Fatto, the sad sadistic clown. <laughs> <laughs> At Willie uh, Chuck Jr., Pudge Dreads. <laughs> um, at Just 10 Mountain, uh, Wyndham Wyatt Esquire, WWE. He's now a sophisticated Connecticut businessman who talks down to everyone and makes terrible decisions. <laughs> <laughs> that's likely uh at mma locks bray's diet <laughs> at movie guy i guess bbqt marshall <laughs> at, at doomed user flan saint germain <laughs> at chat mannequin cody's next 2.5 star match <laughs> at Bertland 19 infidelity rotunda and at Mizuho AMVS, Excalibur says, that is a man I wrestled 15 years ago in insert random location here. That was Wyndham Rotunda. But that man standing in the ring, that's not Wyndham Rotunda anymore. That's Malachi Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Flan, Flan St. Germain, I may start making T-shirts. Whoever I don't, and, I, and I apologize to who wrote that if it was supposed to be Flan St. Germain. <laughs> Flan St. Germain, Flan. Uh, uh, Flan St. Germain, though. You got to say Flan. Yeah, uh, so my low spot is going to be uh, the release of Ric Flair. Because... Well, he uh, asked to be released, though. Yes, which makes me feel like he's ready to die, and that is sad. <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been a couple days. This is the longest that Ric Flair has not been employed by a wrestling company ever. <laughs> um, and I'm genuinely concerned. Like, Ric Flair's the one guy who's like, you know, I want to just go home and be with my family. And you're like, is there something wrong with you, sir? <laughs> uh, so I hope that he's okay. You know, we had the health scare a couple years ago. You know, he's always fun when he is around. We love Rick. Um, you know, one of the best ever. Me and Dan were supposed to roast him. That that fell through. Uh, I'd still love to do that someday. Um, <laughs> this just more becomes about our career. <laughs> I'm still available this weekend. 
Yeah, well, you know, Ric Flair has to get released and I can't get a fucking job. <laughs> but no, Flair, you know, Flair, Flair's Flair. Um, hopefully he just is asking for, you know, because he wants to be off the road. Uh, I hope that's the case. Dude, that's for really sure ask, not the case. That's not the case. Dude, so, dude, dude, no one's talking about this, but last week AEW was in Charlotte. And yes. JR, like in the afternoon, posted a photo of two drinks and him with a guy's hand who had a Hall of Fame rings on it. It's Ric Flair. He, JR was with Ric Flair. JR was like, you got to see how they treat us. He was like, can I get my fucking DS, do you know? Yeah. And earlier today, the uh, Ric Flair's son-in-law was in Charlotte. So Yeah, dude, dude, you got Arn there. You got Tully. It's... It's perfect for him. Tony will probably pay him more. And so apparently, and I don't, I don't know how much I believe this, but it's what everybody's saying is that Ric Flair called Vince or texted Vince Sunday night to complain about Charlotte's booking. She's been in the main event like every, 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 every Raw this month. And then was like, well, you know what? Then I'm leaving. What a bullshit way to break up with someone, you know? Like that's, he, he met a new girl on Wednesday in Charlotte. And then, like, have to call his girlfriend and be like, uh, act like she started a fight and be like, I can't do this anymore, bitch. <laughs> Just so we could Scott, hang out with Arn. Scott, we know for a fact that Ric Flair has never slept with one person and then broke it off with another person. So. Not true. He got caught. He got caught. He got caught. Horseman um, reunion, man. Kurt, what was your low spot this week? Uh, I would say the Bray Wyatt thing. Definitely was a was a low point, but uh, hopefully you know he'll he'll do better things, you know. Uh, but yeah, that that was definitely the lowest point for me this week. Do we want him in AEW, guys? Yeah. If I'm Impact, I try to get Bray because yes, absolutely. Because like remember, like Impact was in its hottest when they had the whole House of Hardy thing. So, like, let Bray be head of creative at Impact. Like, have him do whatever the fuck he wants over there. Like, it would be interesting, at least. Um, I, I think he'd do fine. At, um, Kurt? I think Kurt just dropped off. Um, I think he would do fine there, but, um, yeah, it's a little, like, uh, it, it's a little crowded right now. I would definitely wait for a while to bring him in. Um, I, I just think that the most you can do with the supernatural gimmick in 2021 is kind of what they're doing with Malachi Black, where it's like supernatural, but he's still, a, you know, he's still a shoot kickboxer. Like, we don't need, like, we don't need, uh, you know, Lily on AEW. That's yeah. what I'm trying Spooky to say. powers and shit. Oh, Spooky no, no. But, but again, he's a creative guy. If he comes up with a cool idea, like, look, he can't be the fiend. Because he'd be wearing a, he has to have Bray Wyatt's face on AEW. He's not gonna be wearing a mask. Yeah. Then just get any guy, you know. What, what the fuck's the point of getting him? Uh, so it it would be him if he's gonna do it. But I, I think he's probably gonna take a break for a while and then like end up back in WWE. That's my guess. I I know they let him go, and I mean, I I could see him quitting wrestling altogether. But yeah, if AEW makes the right offer. It could work. Anything could work, especially because, again, a lot of these guys, I think, are only going to be working for AEW so often because they will also be working in other companies. I think a lot of these guys will be working like four places. You think uh, someone like Punk will? 
Mm, I think I'll do New Japan, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, man, because it, it's like, I feel like your top, top guys, you should probably be like, you could only see him here. I think for whatever money Punk's getting, he should be one of those guys. But Oh, you know, I hear you, but I also think you, you know, a part of negotiations is you, you do what he wants. And yeah, I know he said he wanted to fight Osprey, but then there's also always the chance, you know, there's a working relationship with New Japan, have Osprey come over eventually when he's healed up and all those things, you know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, where Punk lands uh, within the company and outside of the company. Um, I'm yeah, go sorry. Sorry, no, no my worries. internet um, no, no went completely off. No oh, worries. Good, brother. Uh, so yeah. I have two low spots. One of them is my genuine low spot of the week. One is not really a low spot, but my low spot for the guy. And my low spot for the guy was this past Monday Night Raw, Akira Tozawa screaming ninja power. Brother, that was Middle rough, of man. the ring to silence afterwards. Like, you could hear a pin drop. And I mean, I, his soul left his body because he gave it his all. And it's just a situation where he shouldn't have given it his all. <laughs> like he should have given like 10%. I don't know. Have you seen this, Mike? You're going to. Yeah. Yeah. Me. I saw this match. Um, his, his, his soul left his body and just about every uh, wrestler in new Japan stayed in new Japan. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, you know, this is what we make fun of. This is like, you know, when people are like, are you being stereotypical? Are you being over the top? Like, no, in 2021, Vince has a guy going ninja power, which I didn't even commit. Like, I started to commit to the voice, and I was like, I can't do that. Well, he didn't, um, he, he, he didn't really even do ninja shit afterwards, you know? No, and, I, you know, but I will say, secret high spot, I kind of like Reginald now. Dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. Reg Reggie. No, I, I like Reggie. I'm just saying the ninja power. Although it's terrible. I was just I was just saying this is a, a different thing I was thinking of, but like for a guy that I've goofed on and like what's he doing? I because I love, you know, you could tell they're actually pushed when they drop the accent, like Kingston and Lana for a time. But it's like, I'm actually from St. Louis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just pretended to be French to make money. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> but, I mean, here's, here's the thing about Reginald. Reginald like, is the dude who, if I, if I took my wife to a wrestling show, that's the guy she's going to remember. If you take kids to a wrestling show, like the flips and stuff that he does are genuinely amazing i know that the the second sincara hunico was like trying to feud with him over who flipped in the ring for <laughs> oh i know in the greatest twitter fight of all time uh but dude i mean reginald now serves a purpose man reginald's a dude who like if you went to a house show and he came out for five minutes and did flips and Man, he's the he's the hardest fighting twenty four seven champion. Man, he's having an actual match. Well, I mean, they kind of got rid of the twenty four seven gimmick. It's not twenty four seven anymore. But Reginald is is the gobbledygooker done right. You know, <laughs> that's what Reginald is. It's like a fun thing for the whole family. And the the, the matches aren't really matches. They're uh they're, they're Aladdin <laughs> running away from the from the. <laughs> from those guys you know <laughs> yes, he's one step in front of the in front of the hitman it's they're not even matches it's so yeah the, the matches aren't matches they're young bucks versus lucha brothers uh matches <laughs> but with this one guy doing everything <laughs> um and but my true love spot this week was i don't know i sent it to scott and mike today 
but uh, Ryback uh, entered the WWE announcer competition as a joke. And he like kind of he tries to like make fun of Paul Heyman. He also makes fun of Cena for the China thing. But it's brutal, man. It's just and it's just like a guy in his room, like oh. you know, like it's it's just nobody wants to really see it and. You know, I love like shoot stuff. I, I I think it's funny when wrestlers go after companies that used to employ them. But this is like you're going after the company that used to employ you, like with a sweepstakes the company is running. Like it's 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 the least badass thing in the world to do. And you know what? I'm gonna fucking show McDonald's for the years they were shitting <laughs> to me, and I'm gonna win that monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. I mean, All I need is one boardwalk, baby. Yeah. That, <laughs> 20 park places. I don't know, man. It's just like, you know, like I, I, I left watching that promo being like, you know, I like corporate America. You know, like, here's, I like here's the, the big guy. guy. Here's the thing, Dan. Not the big the guy last, Ryback, the actual corporate big guy. The last six years of Ryback's life is just watching Lex Luger take the shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's uh, yes, that's exactly perfect perfectly put we got to roast that guy at some point um yeah. he, he actually would probably respond to us <laughs> he would he would respond to us asking if he could be on the roast <laughs> <laughs> i mean qt marshall like that was you know he actually had a good week this week like his whole new gimmick of not being on tv and refusing to go on tv it actually kind of works for him but yeah. right back applying uh, for the WWE ring announcer job, that that to me was just, you know, just a fucking Sarah McLaughlin should have been singing in the background. It was it was real sad, dude. What, what do you think Robert's low spot would have been in high spot? Um, I don't know. I think Robert's low spot would have been um, the Drew stuff, because as much as we make fun of Dan for liking Drew, I think. Robert does secretly even more. Maybe, maybe the Goldberg stuff as a, you know, as Jews, we don't have many uh, heroes. And uh, this is really sad to see what's happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. This would totally be Robert's lowest. Well, oh, you guys, for Jews, you guys have Barry Horowitz and Dracula, right? And Heyman. And Heyman. Oh, you said Dracula. <laughs> um, no, but this, is, this would genuinely be Robert's low spot. I'm going to guess, and I could be wrong. The audio issue of pumping in Michael Cole during a Drew McIntyre entrance. Oh well, I heard I heard that that was actually so they did pump with uh you with know, the Cena comeback, right? Well, they've been doing they they're just pumping in crowd noises and lowering the crowd constantly on both Raw and SmackDown. But the overlapping of audio was actually an overlapping of commercial that was supposed to be airing at some point or something. So yeah, that's not yeah. It was embarrassing, though, just as, like, a single moment. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And yeah. Robert, as a guy who's all about production values and stuff, I, I think he was, he'd be embarrassed by that. Yeah, I, I, well, we miss you, Robert. Uh, I do think, um, you know, like, him naming the sword after his dead mom is a little rough, man. Like, I just kind of was like, oh, I guess you can't, you can't boo the sword now, right? Yeah, like, when 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 Drew gets a gimmick that I think is a a Dan Saint Germain text from five years, <laughs> is he just going to start like to try to like get like he's uh, like to get it like to get him over? Is he just going to start like oh my finishing move is now named 
uh, kids put in cages by ISIS, you know, like things you can't boo. <laughs> I would love if he has more stuff and it's named after family me- members. Like, and this is my kilt named Oscar after my uncle. And this is my axe named Seamus after my friend Seamus. Poor guy, man. I mean, the guy, the guy can wrestle really well. It's just unfortunate. This whole gender feud is very unfortunate. Well, also, you're pointing a sword at a guy's throat, and then all of a sudden you're a heel, and everyone goes, stop, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> He's in pro wrestling, you're threatening to murder a man. <laughs> I, there is a 50-50 chance he's going to behead Shanky and just go, are you not entertained? <laughs> what if Drew McIntyre accidentally decapitates a man? <laughs> like, how will WWE recover from that? <laughs> oh, my God. It depends on who it is, I guess. Um, well, but here's the thing. He'll decapitate a man. And then the next time we'll see it, we'll be in one of the screens on the Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next week, folks, we got the roast of British Bulldog. Uh, just for some prep, we're going to be watching Brett versus the British Bulldog at Wembley Stadium for the Ain't That Swell, that SummerSlam 1992 main event. It's fantastic. Our show in hell will be the British Bulldogs drunk talking about a missing Matilda. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that promo. It's pretty wild. Uh, Dynamite or Dud will be reviewing Dynamite again. High spot, low spot. Kurt. Thank you for doing the show, sir. And what do you got to plug? Uh, I'm Kurt Ryan, uh, comedy underscore on uh, Instagram. And uh, yeah, you can follow me on there. And uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a fun podcast to do. Absolutely. Michael. Yeah, I'm uh, at uh, the, the Mike Lawrence Comedy on Instagram. And I interact sometimes on the Facebook Wrestle Roast page and you know, sometimes we all tweet different stuff from the Russell Roast Twitter. Uh, talking to you guys, interacting, entertaining you is the reason that we do it. It's fucking fun. Um, thanks for the support, you know, and follow us on Patreon if you aren't. We got a lot of great shit. Scott for Chaplin. Uh, yeah, Russell Roast at Twitter. It's Scott underscore Chaplin on Twitter and Instagram. Um Join the Patreon. God damn, it's fun. The $5 tier and the $10 tier. And what else? Oh, man, Kurt, Kurt's Instagram. I love Kurt's Instagram. I send other comics a lot of really fits, funny, uh, man. memes. If you're a comic or a fan of comedy, it's it's super funny. I really enjoy it, man. Uh, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Course, yeah, man. I feel bad for the people who follow me that aren't comics because they're like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> well, Kurt, don't worry. Nobody who follows you isn't a comic. <laughs> that's, that's our whole basis. Uh, iTunes is a five star. We have us a five star review. Leave a review. Uh, become a patron, like Scott said. Join our Twitter, our Facebook, our YouTube channel. Um, keep spreading the word, guys. And uh, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be at the AEW show in New York in September. And I know Scott will be, so maybe we can meet up with some people either earlier in the day or later at night. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out, but, uh, thank y'all and wash your damn hands. <laughs>